Cheers. Damn you, old man. Wade. Welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, God of Stuff, and the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. And I'm sitting here with the pinnacle of political perfection, the superior podcast hobby. Yo, what's going on? Dope. <laughs> the superior podcast. What? You got I'm a, a podcast show. now? That's on that's what I'm announcing it, man. You got a new show, so. Yeah. Oh, snap. We'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, politics with super woke, super woke politics. With uh, Super Bowl Kavi. I don't know about the name yet. I might change that. Uh, we have our first episode should be out this week. And um, yeah, whatever. Excited about it. But I don't know. There's a lot of stuff happening right now. Yeah, but it's all it's all good shit, though. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not even just a new podcast. You do the the audio and the clips for, the, for Pandagasms, which has their first live show December 16th. Uh, make sure you go to the Pandagasms Instagram page to particular start time, where the show is going to be, who's going to be there, and all the good stuff. It's going to be adult conversation, cash bar, so, you know, bring your money. It ain't over bar. Make sure you tip your waitress and your bartender when you go. So, yeah, like, you actually got more than one thing going on, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's, that's a lot right now, getting that, getting that live show going. That's That's a different, that's a new thing. That's a different thing, man. Like it's uh, it's exciting though. It should be, man. New experience. I feel like I was having this conversation with my therapist about no, actually, it wasn't my therapist. It was actually something I heard from God of War. Um, during the game, he asked his son. Him and his son were having a conversation, and his son was going to do something that he said he needed to do alone. And Kratos goes, "Does it frighten you?" And he goes, "Yes." And he goes, "That's how you know you need to do it." That's hilarious because that's that's honestly um call me like poor man's Kratos' son. Cause like honestly, I, I feel that way about a lot of things. And it's been like that for a while. Like if I told myself that I was gonna say yes to everything, <laughs> which is bad sometimes. I, I don't do that now, but at one point I say that. Um no matter how much my anxiety killed me or like depression or whatever, I'm like, I'm just gonna do whatever it takes. And you know, me and the wife were desperate at the time, so we had to do it. So. And I don't know, you, you kind of learn that that's kind of a way of just improving things. Even if you know you you're not where you are, you're not where you want to be in life. If you're constantly working on yourself and living new experiences, and you know, just you know, just working on your own passions in life, man. Oh, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but it's always it's always worth it. Yeah, it is. It, but it's also scary, like you said, because you never know exactly what's going to happen. And this goes beyond just the things that may be business-wise or in terms of opportunities that um, come with financial gain, like people who want to like, you know, I want to get, I want to start school, but they're scared to do it. Uh, it. It's an inkling that maybe it's something that you should be doing or starting an art project just for yourself or just even something as simple as leaving the house if you are is the is it agoraphobic is that the word i'm looking for i think i believe that's i believe that's the word yeah i i can't think of it 
right now, but I believe that's it. Yeah, but just like certain things like that, like you know what I mean. It's or obviously like a phobia like that is on a much grander scale, but you know, actually taking the leap to do things that scare you tend to be the more important things. Not always, you know, because getting on a roller coaster isn't always necessarily like the greatest thing. But even then, getting that could be something like that helps you conquer a fear or helps you with anxiety or fuck or, roller coasters. I don't do roller coasters either, yeah, yeah, but like it's just one of those random things you think about. Like it could actually be something that genuinely affects people. You know what I mean? So I get it. So the idea of doing something that's scary usually means that you're going in the right direction. It was kind of dope that I actually heard it from a video game. Or going in the very horrible direction. Don't get it twisted. This is not a video game. <laughs> Sometimes if you're afraid, don't do it. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Because sometimes there was an episode of Batman <laughs> the animated. There was an episode of Batman the animated series where Scarecrow took everyone's fear away. Yeah, and it was chaotic. Yeah, because sometimes fear stops you from doing things. Like fire's hot. Yeah, scared it's gonna burn me. Yeah. Don't touch the fucking stove. Don't, don't, don't touch the stove. Yeah, or, you got to like, be smart too. You got to be smart in your endeavors. So you like, no matter what you're doing too. Like I feel like. We're, we all suck at things that we've never done before, right? Um, but everything you do, um, if you work hard enough at it, you'll eventually get better at it. But you really need to know what you, you really need to learn. like, And that's the best way to make whatever you're doing as safe, I mean, depending on what it is, or as, as risk-free as possible. There's, there's no zero risk, but if you're really good at something if you really learn how to do something, you learn the mechanics behind whatever it is you're doing, then you're good. Like, you got to be smart. Don't just run blindly into things. You know, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you all, man. Well, it does because, there, like I said, there's a difference between conquering a fear and not doing something because it's dangerous. Yeah. I'm not advocating go out there and tightrope on your on like, you know, just on just for shits and giggles or try to go or or be black and go punch a police officer in the South. I'm not saying do anything like that. I'm just saying that like, you know, if you're scared of something like that could, if something frightens you or it makes you nervous when you're going to try something that could be a profitable or profitable yeah. opportunity, it could be something that could help you in the future. And even failing, even if you go out there and you fail and said, dang, that's not always a bad thing. Failure can make you stronger. Failure can make you more determined. And just because you fail at said thing doesn't necessarily mean that it was bad. Did we add? Did we accidentally advocate for selling drugs just now? Yeah, that's what you want to do. But I'm not here. To talk, <laughs> I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here. To, I'm here to talk about Namor's bulge or lack thereof. <laughs> Yo, they really CGI his bulge. Out. Yeah, they do that shit all the time, though. It. <laughs> but it's so funny, like, yeah. like, like they're acting like combo characters ain't got dicks. <laughs> like they literally have like, <laughs> the I mean, outline, do they? <laughs> they literally have the outline of titties yeah. in, in suits. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you can't have. I mean, imagine Superman running around with a bulge, just, just like just. Okay, so <laughs> it's a bulge. Give a shit. It's a dick. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I get it from. From from, it would be distracting. 
Yeah. It would be distracting. <laughs> Might make me want to go see the movie again. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be distracting. Yeah. But the fact, I mean, Word, just King of Atlantis got a bulge. I mean, what I think. What I think about is the CGI artist that was tasked with that job. Like here, your only job <laughs> is to remove a bulge. Like that's crazy. It's like I actually had this conversation with somebody, and it was like the Rick and it was like the Rick and Moy robot. Mm-hmm. What is my purpose? You remove bulges. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that robot. It, is it a series of robots? Because that robot showed up a couple times. I think that robot has a couple of purposes. I think uh, he probably makes he probably just makes the same fucking robot. I love the oh, fact that Rick and Morty made it a point to talk about how fucking ridiculously meta and stupid their show can be all at the same time. Yeah, I love it. They literally but, had a, they had literally had a dude called Retcon. <laughs> <laughs> so the Marvels, Mister Nimbus, Mister Nimbus, Mister Mister Nimbus had a bulge. Oh, well, yeah, you can't hide that fucking yeah. his balls looks like he has to wrap it around like one yeah. like a corkscrew just to kind of get it in the fucking short shorts. Yeah. And it wasn't that distracting. Yeah, it, it could have worked. It would do it. It flapped. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's what people wanted to see from Namor. Just a just a not even a bow, just a big a flap. <laughs> Watch just, just, <laughs> Namor should have been wearing gray sweatpants. Essentially, some green, some green sweatpants. Yo, what's the Atlantic? What's the Atlantean version of those green sweatpants? Is it those short shorts? You green, 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 green hoochie daddy shorts. Clearly, <laughs> no, Namor style. He got the green hoochie daddy. Like honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. Like I never <laughs> thought that once Namor was seen in live action, he would be that comic book accurate. No, I'm I mean, go to win- the wings would be corny. Right, this dude's not gonna like. I I don't even think the comic books thought that because they did redesign his outfit yeah. uh, pretty heavily, right? So like, I but, mean, they they change his outfit like once every like he changes outfits like America changes um presidents. Yeah, but at least now he wears pants. <laughs> Yo, if you look like that, would you wear pants? No, but I'm saying like I, exactly. I'm just, talk, I'm just talking about you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, bro. Nobody thought. That 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 Namor looked cool, like nobody thought that. That's true. That's nobody thought that shit. And everything about that character was freaking cool, bro. Like the way he flew, the way he looked, everything, bro. And I also like that the way he flew. It wasn't just like flutter, flutter, flutter. It was kind of like he had to almost bounce off of gravity in order to like stay afloat. I kind of like that about him. He was like a hummingbird. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Like you know, like hummingbirds and and um. Dragonflies, they're like the best flyers on the planet. And it looks like they 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 took inspiration from that. Even though he had feathered wings, he flew a lot like an insect, which was crazy. This dude took out all of Wakanda by himself, basically. I don't even know why he had soldiers with him. Like, what was the point? Yo, you know what my my fa- I was talking to Valkyrie about Namor, and she was talking about how much of an arrogant ass he is. I'm like, oh, this is Namor toned down. Yeah. Oh, he's this Thanos. is even like that that he's like, you think he's I mean, not Thanos, now. sorry. He's huh? he's Thor. He's literally Thor. Yeah. He's Thor before the the, the he's Thor before the um for the hammer. for the character growth. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And what's funny about it was there was one scene in particular that stuck in my head with with um excuse me, Namor when he started talking about he goes, if you don't let me kill this woman, 
I am going to just he he said it with such conviction that he was going to destroy all of Wakanda and there was nothing you could do about it. I mean, he was kind of right. Yeah. It was the confidence nope. of that yeah. shit. And then at the end of it, he had like when uh, uh was it Namora or Namorita was talking Namora. to him. It was Namora, okay, Namora. When Namora was talking to him, and he just kind of like matter-of-factly said, It's fine, we took a loss, but we're gonna end up winning in the end because Wakanda is gonna need us, and Shuri's gonna come back to me. I was like, if this I'm like, is Shuri his new in um suit Richards? I mean, he's, 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 well, if people that aren't familiar with the comic book, and I know you are old man, is, um, Nam- Namor has a, num- a number of nemesis, nemesis, and, um, his two main, his three main ones would happen to be Franklin Richards. Franklin uh, Richards. Not Franklin Richards, sorry. Uh, Mr. Fantastic. Um, is it though? Cause I don't really know if, yeah, early on, yeah, more, definitely. I would say more Ben Grimm than it would be Reed Richards, because Reed kind of just doesn't really. Does it? Does a nemesis? Does your nemesis? Does it have to be a two way street, or can it be one 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 sided? Um, shoot, that's a good question. I mean, because if it could be, it could be, it could be one sided. Okay. Yes, because you're that person's nemesis. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my nemesis, not yeah, like our yeah. nemesis. But yeah, so I guess that makes sense because I don't think you know what's funny? Yeah. Reed walks around like he has the biggest dick in the world because if he yeah. wants to, he can't have the biggest dick in the world. Like he's so secure in himself that it's mm-hmm. like he's smart, he's one he's he's one he's he's one or two. One he's he's top three smartest people the, on the planet. And he right? could like, be number one, but it's just yeah. like over the last it, it fluctuates, five years, right? Yeah. Huh? It yeah, fluctuates well, between Moon Girl, him, and Valeria, his fucking own daughter, and his own daughter. That's it. And the funny yeah, thing about all that right is, there. Yeah. and the funny thing about all that is, the reason Reed Richards isn't number one is because over the last, we'll say, ten years since Hickman took over for the Fantastic Four, New Avengers and Avengers that was leading up to Secret um Secret Wars, he spent more time. Trying to protect the universe and be in it after after Secret Wars, spending time with his family than he did learning more about science. If he was like old school Reed Richards, he'd easily still be the smartest person in the world. And he's getting there. I mean, especially if, if you read the um, Judgment Day Fantastic Four tie-in, mm. and yeah. and the you know he's he's starting to get his groove back. And that's what I, you gotta love Reed Richards for for who he is because of that. He's not just some smart dude and he was deemed worthy by the way he what he he passed his test by the way in judgment day oh well yeah it's reed fucking richards mm-hmm. i don't if i i didn't i didn't read it but i'm almost 100 mm-hmm. percent sure uh ben grim failed mm-hmm. i would uh-huh. i would assume actually i would assume all the fantastic four would fail except for reed if I had to, if I had to, take I don't it. remember them. I don't remember their results. That the the main thing was really Reed. It seemed like yeah. a, a coming. It seemed like a growth tale for Reed mm-hmm. coming into the new Fantastic Four series. Um, and, I'm a, uh, yeah. Before we get back to um, Black Panther, yeah, we, we got Panther. totally off subject. <laughs> yeah, before we get back to Black Panther, Wakanda yeah. I want to say that if you're a comic book fan, you read Judgment Day. The Wolverine crossover, the Amazing Spider-Man crossover, were 
two of my favorite side stories. Yeah. A lot like, of the, yeah, yeah. Like Wolverine passed judgment and he was mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, this dude could never be happy. Because he didn't understand how happiness. Because he's self-deprecating. And he was yeah. also trying to figure out how he passed and Gene failed. And he was just like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Javi actually saw it before I did. You saw it opening night. I saw it the following Tuesday. Yeah. So before we get into what we thought about it, what would are we done with Namor? We're gonna come. We'll come back to Namor. It, okay. it has to. It, it'll come back to that anyway. All right. But what did you think of the movie? Like, what was your overall? What was your expectations? And what did you think of it? And did it meet your expectations? I had very high expectations. I mean, Ryan Coogler's. He's he is a great filmmaker. Like mm-hmm. great, um, Oscar worthy. So I wasn't surprised that the original Black Panther was great, and I had. Regardless of the tragedy um, that I think would have derailed a lot of other um, productions, I think they're such a tight family and this just they really grieved like they really grieved for this character that him that that group of creatives being able to come together and create that and like inject their pain into it. It made it even though I went in there with such high expectations. They were like. They were met. It, like it was just, it was so good because it, 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 it really. I, I, I was pulled into it. Like I was pulled into their grief, right? And then, uh, the fact that it was also a really good comic book movie, like really freaking good, bro. Like as a comic book nerd, like damn, right? That and the action was crazy. You know, it was just a good movie, just in general. Like it was great. Like I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just my, and it might just be my emotions. And that's what movies do. They pull out emotions. And I guess this movie had, you know, a handicap that turned into an advantage to that effect that I'm pulled in and I was so connected. So I don't know. For me, it's a 10, bro. Like, it's a good, it's a great movie. How about you? So watching, after watching, first off, let me just say, my expectations were high. Yeah. And since you brought up Ryan Coogler was one of the first people you brought up, I'll bring him up as well. I was writing an article yesterday and it was about... Wakanda Forever being essentially like kind of like a fond farewell or a like kind of a a love letter to Chadwick Boseman. Mm. And as I'm writing this, I get to Ryan Coogler and I start talking about how difficult of a job he has. Because he has to write a second Black Panther movie, which in itself has a lot of pressure that yeah. comes with it. And he doesn't write it himself. I just want to say that he does have help. Well, he's a writer. He's a writer. He has, yeah, he has a, so him a co-writer as well. Yeah, obviously, like, no one yeah. writes. No one writes a. Just so black people don't know, no one writes a movie on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they do, it's usually shit like Mother. And <laughs> I want to say that not to take away credit from him, but just to give credit to where credit suits. I know I said his name. Absolutely. I just don't know everybody's name. I apologize. Uh, there, there's there'd be no way to. We'd have to look it up, and it's probably a long list of names. And there's also ghostwriters that go into that. Yeah. But um, anyway, so he has the difficult task of writing this story without someone who initially was going to lead his previous story. He gets this on the world. He in this world in the world gets this gets this unfortunate news that Chadwick Boseman passed. 
Uh, I don't know if he was privy to this information like some of the other Marvel execs and some of the cast knew, but whether he did or he didn't, he still has the job to write Wakanda Forever without the late, great Chadwick Boseman. And on top of having to write the, write the movie, and on top of having to do it without your star character, you now have to do it in such a way that it's tasteful. And you have to be aware of not just the feelings of the audience, but more importantly, his loved ones, the people who knew him intimately, his family, his friends. I believe he was married to his wife and people who like, you know, that who like just people who knew him in general. So now you have to do this in such a way that you're showing respect for somebody who helped you become a more noticeable name. Now, granted, Ryan Coogler would have been a star even without the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe, but it helped. So looking at all and everything that happened, it's a good thing that on top of him being so talented and the creative staff being so fantastic at what they did, they also had a superb set of actors. After the credit, after, um, the, um, you know, the funeral and the credits rolled when, you know, when they had the Marvel logo and it was all Chadwick Bozeman. When T'Challa's mother, Ramonda, came on and was talking about how you people weren't there for me and then you're going to ask me for something. Mm. I loved it. Her emotion, the way she just pretty much told the entire world, go fuck yourself. Yo, that scene was crazy. Oh, it, it I, I, literally gave yo. me goosebumps. It yeah. absolutely gave me goosebumps because yep. she was, it, there was a lot, there was, she wasn't just speaking as a character. You could tell that this was also the actress, the person letting these emotions out whenever she talked about T'Challa. But um, we'll, we can get to that later. But that opening scene where I think it was the French government thought they were going to go into a Wakandan ship and just take what they wanted. And one of the fakes, when the sci- he's like, Where's, what's, where is it? And they pointed, the scientists pointed to the door. And when that door opened and Okoye popped out, I was like, yo, that's <laughs> my homie right there it yeah. was it was so perfect and then all the rest of Dora Milaje took their fake scientist stuff off and beat their ass and then marched them into the senate made them kneel like that's that's an unprecedented thing in a comic book movie specifically because it's a it's a African nation basically telling everybody else in the world here's my dick you can suck it I'm out, drop the mic and leave. That's how the movie started. And I'm already emotional. And then it just keeps on hitting you with different kinds of emotions. You're sad for a second. And then you're excited. And then you're laughing and you're ecstatic. And then you're sad again. And then like your adrenaline's going because there's a fight scene on the UMass bridge and you're from Boston and you know where that's at. Mm-hmm. That was Harvard Bridge. Uh, I don't. I'm pretty sure that was UMass. No, UMass. Um, Mass, Mass Ave. Ave. Mass, Ave. Yeah. Mass Ave. Yeah. Not UMass. Mass Ave. Mass Ave. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was um, it's the Mass Ave Bridge going from um, uh, from Boston over to Cambridge. Yeah. 
and I'm, and I'm like, I was like, I know what that is. I used to like when I used to get off of work late at night. Me and um, just Greg, we used to leave and like we'd walk down to walk out where we. Yeah, I, I, I lived literally a ten minute walk from there. Like that, I grew up in the South End. I grew up on Washington and Mass Ave. Like that was so. Like I walked that bridge so much of my life, and seeing that in a Marvel movie was dope. But I do have to say this. Oh man, wait. What's up? There are a couple of neighborhoods that the French government tells their citizens not to come to when they come to the when they come to Massachusetts. Is Cambridge one of them? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> it happens to be all the ones with black people in it. Yeah. Right? It literally says it gives them a, a, a travel advisory, tells them to stay away from those neighborhoods, right? And it's like it's so frustrating to see things like that to me is because like there's a lot of black people in Boston. And Riri Williams, I love that she was highlighted as a, a intelligent black woman at MIT from Chicago, which is another like historically black city. But it's kind of tiring not to see these movies kind of at least show all of Boston or show parts of Boston that people normally don't see. And this would have been the perfect opportunity. Like I, I'm not, I'm not like they did great. They did great, but I'm just saying like that's just it's just that people just have no idea. Well, about uh, us here in this city. That's a whole different conversation for a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, about and which is actually something I actually had a conversation, I had a um talk with somebody that I work with about. But anyway, so my expectations were high going in, mm-hmm. and I was worried because when my expectations are too high, I I'm usually disappointed. The few times I've gone in with expectations at on like cloud nine was the two Deadpool movies the first Wolverine movie and Logan notice I skipped the second one mm-hmm. out of those movies Wolverine Origins disappointed me both Deadpool movies I loved and Logan was one of my favorite comic book movies ever regardless of, regardless if Brandon thinks it's not a comic book movie mm-hmm. but Wakanda Faber I was on such a high because there was a lot of emotion that goes into it. And like you said, emotions are things that drive us and it, you know, it can also drive a movie. And in this case, it like, it kept me going on a, on a high throughout the movie, throughout the film. I was happy. Like I said, all my emotions were hit. So I couldn't turn away. Then it was visually stunning. Like I, I imagine it would be difficult to show an underwater civilization like that without having like, without it being like Avatar. You know what I mean? And I think it actually looked better than Avatar because it wasn't as clear. Because like, if you go deep down in the in the ocean, it's gonna be murky. It's gonna be like I don't know if dirty is the right word, but it's gonna be murky. I guess it's gonna be dark. Yes, yeah, I mean, there's no sun. Yeah. and I loved it. Yeah, I love everything about that. I love the way they explained the magic behind how people of Atlantis came to be, and like the idea. And then they, I love they broke down how they don't need gills to breathe mm-hmm. underwater. How they've adapted to it. Well, and, the the uh, everybody but him needs gills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But um. Because he's born of like two worlds. Because he's a mutant. Yeah, and I love that they brought up. He was the last. uh, So, out of the six 
or seven projects that we've had this year, three of them mentioned mutants. We had Kamala Khan. Actually, no, four of them. We had Charles Xavier in mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We had Kamala Khan, who was announced as the first mutant in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Then we had She-Hulk with a couple of references. One, a man with metal claws getting mm-hmm. into a bar fight. Mr. Immortal. <laughs> Mr. Immortal, Mr. Immortal, yeah, on top yeah. of that. And the at the end, Jennifer going, hey, when are we getting the X-Men? <laughs> <laughs> and then Namor flat out saying, <gasps> Such I'm a, a good show. Yeah, Yo, and then Namor flat out saying, I'm a mutant. You know, if all the MCU gave us was She-Hulk, in Wakanda forever this year, like it would have been a success by any metric. Well, well, we got so have, much more. <laughs> well, we're gonna have our we're gonna have an end of the year MCU conversation because I have a lot to say about everything that popped out this year. Now that like everything will have like we've had time to kind of digest it all. Yeah, because before we kind of watched it and then like we're immediately talking about it. But anyway, so it comes out. The movie's great. I leave it seeing, I leave it saying I need to watch it again. Because I was so, there were times in that movie where I was legitimately crying. Ramonda saying, haven't I given you guys everything already? Like I cried because like she, it's, it's a black woman talking about her son dying, burying her son and also burying her husband within, to her, it might've been within a year because we don't know if she was, in the in the uh the blip yeah if she was within the blip she lost her husband and her son within a year yeah yeah that's that's you know what i mean granted if it happened within six years that's still difficult Mm -hmm. but it's something else man like i couldn't i can't say enough i can't say enough good things about that i think it's crazy i I didn't cry a lot of people talking about talking about crying i didn't cry at all um and i think Part of that is because, um, you know, I dealt with uh, so much debt and shit this year, like, and I cried so much this year. It was almost like therapeutic to see people in that kind of pain in the theater. It's weird, but well, it, but that was it, actually yeah. funny because I was gonna say that like you went through a lot this year. Yeah. So it's like you know what I mean, and I wouldn't say that you've been numbed. You've been numbed to it, but I could understand why. You know what I mean? It, you may not have had the the tears <laughs> for yeah. for something. No, nah, and it's not. A, I want to call it being numb to it. It, it wasn't. I don't want to call it that. It was just more like I know this feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I I get this reference. So one of the things, one of the there's a few topics in particular that I want to talk about, and among them is just like the first Black Panther, the women stole the show again. Yeah, the, they, they the, literally just call these movies the women of yeah. Time. Yeah, I I, I want to say I, shout out to the men. Like again, Namor. I think Namor's up there. He's my um, favorite. He, Namor, yeah. as of now, is my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe character. Ross Ross had a really good, another good showing, but he's like such a great actor. I mean, Shuri's favorite con- yeah. Shuri's favorite colonizer. <laughs> yeah, um, you your know, girl. Um, uh, yeah. but yeah, the girls definitely kicked ass, bro. You're, you're like definitely even Riri Williams like people people said she didn't have to be in a movie and I would concur she didn't like, her role was really not that significant 
but she didn't take anything away. She just added. Yeah. To and it, now we have crazy. Now she had a perfect introduction yeah. to her Disney Plus series. Yeah. Perfect. Like, like, so, yeah, like it wasn't necessary. No. Will I take it? Yeah. It's like someone mm-hmm. saying, hey, do you want some pie? Of course I'd like some pie. Do you have ice cream? No. Okay. Well, I'll still take the pie. But if you do have some ice cream, <laughs> throw that throw that boy on there. I'll take the Alamode. I'd rather Alamode. I only eat I only eat pie Alamode. Of course, lactate, lact lactose free ice cream. But still, I could be all the lactate. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. So like the women in this movie just flat out rocked. Okoye is still my favorite person of Wakanda. Yeah, man, she went through it, bro. She did, and I love that once everything was even. Yeah. She was giving a tomb of the business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I loved it, man. Like, and and I when I realized that that was a tumor, I was like, yo, they pulled out a tumor? Really? Bro, this trait was crazy comic book accurate. Like, I was again, they, they, took, they took they took their um, I mean, they, they took definite liberties. Like, it's not like a one-to-one recreation of the comic books, oh, clearly. Yeah. But the fact he said Empress Rex. In mine, you know, I can't speak English. <laughs> yeah, what he said, but I loved it. Like, cause I, I had forgotten, cause I wanted him to say it, but I, I had forgotten about it. And then when he said it in another language, I was like, "Yo!" I was, then, yeah, I didn't even think about him saying it. I'm like, "Well, he ain't, it ain't Atlantis, ain't no like Greco-Roman." <laughs> and they pulled it off, and it still felt natural. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like we're gonna do this, it's like yeah. you know what I mean. And it, it, he he was great. Yeah. Namor was great. Yeah. The explanation. Oh, you, you're gonna go with the Namor thing, aren't you? I'm going with Namor, man. That's what it, that's yeah. what his name yeah. is. I'm not, I can I can't remember his Mayan name because I'm super American. <laughs> so, but like it's it was great, and I love <laughs> the explanation for his name because when I first heard it, when he kept when he said Namor, I'm like, no love. Mm. Like I was like, what? And then when he broke it down to it being like the lack of, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, mm. I fuck with this. Yeah, stop, stop, stop. Um, Shuri, I if I had to pick, which is funny, I, I said to someone, I was like, once again, the Black Panther was the weakest part of the Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, and I disagreed with you on that one. I know you do, but I, I, yeah. I, I stay by it. She was the center of that movie. She was, she was. There was like a double so, center. It was. So, it was, so was T'Challa, and he was still yeah. the weakest part of that movie. <laughs> she wasn't bad. She was just the weakest part. I think she. I thought she was great. I think her. Her, like definite, obviously forced character growth. But that's what tends to happen when you lose such an important part of your like life, right? You kind of force yeah. to grow into a role, and I think that, you know, it was, I, bro. I think. Again, I don't know, man. I, I think. I think the only the bad. Yeah. The least important person in that movie was Ruby Williams. See, you're see, it's not important. It's not what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. In terms of if I had to rank every character in that movie, mm-hmm. she like all the important characters in that movie, and I had to rank them in terms of performance. Mm-hmm. She's not. She's probably gonna be ranked last. Yeah. Maybe maybe I had a Ruby Williams, but even then, uh. Read the cat. The woman playing Ruby Williams was fucking amazing. You're not gonna disrespect. You're not gonna disrespect Letitia Wright and her anti-vax lifestyle. (laughs) Uh, Dominique Thorne. Like he was, was, and you know what I loved about it? 
she was she was hood without being hood. Like I love when she What's snatched that, that dude's what? phone. Huh? What's that even? <laughs> Yo, she was like she was hood without, being, without hood. being hood. Like she she was intellectually hood. Yo, she snatched that dude's phone out of his hand and basically deboed. He was just like, "Yeah, that was the original price until you tried to fuck me over. Now it's his price. Hit send." I mean, COD, bro. Yeah. Mm. Like that, that's what I mean. Like if she was, she was gang, she was like hood without being hood. I fucking loved it. But that's and that's that's what I liked about her because I I don't know, you know, I get what you're saying, but I would hate to see like people not familiar with the hood pick up that term hood without being hood because she was hood to me. Like she she seemed very like she seemed like a very fleshed out, very familiar character. And again, uh, we've talked about this before. Why it's so important for authentically black people to create these types of films is because you get these kind of characters like Ruby Williams. You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine what a Ruby Williams would look like in this movie if it wasn't someone like Ryan Coogler in charge. You know what I'm saying? So, um, she was hood, bro. That's it. We got smart people in the hood. Period. Well, I agree with but you. People, yeah, I know you agree, but people that don't know. And the yeah. reason I say it like that is because yeah. you can't be completely hood in movies, especially with Disney, because Disney will be like, hey, can you turn it down? Tone it down a little bit? I think she was, though. Mm. Wait, well, I mean, mm. what, what was... Oh, okay. All right, Mr. All right, all right. <laughs> so what, what didn't make her hood enough? Yeah, I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Jesus. Run away from your own point. All right, go ahead. I'm not running with my point. I said what I said. Right. <laughs> we only we, we have with, a five out with of no mind. context. With no context, but it's all I, good. I did I this one. <laughs> okay, fine. Motherfuckers can't handle real hood in a movie. <laughs> they, they, people can't handle real hood in a Disney movie. People I don't even know what that means, bro. Disney wouldn't be able to handle Danielle, your cousin, if she's just out chilling in a party. They wouldn't be able to handle Amanda. They wouldn't be able to handle that kind of hood. Where I mean, I, I think I think it would be the language, right? Like it's not for that's, kids. That's, that's part of it. There's I know, also, but that's also but, a demeanor that goes to it. There's also a certain level of looks that you give certain people when, like, you can't say what you want to say around certain company. But and I think they, I, I, they, they, I think they've done that in this, in this, in these movies, nah. to, to to the extent for for an MCU movie. That's my point. Or Disney movie, like that's I don't exactly know. My, that's exactly my point, though. They can't do that in a Disney movie. They can do it to an extent. Like, what do you want them to say? Like, oh, yo, nigga, fuck that bitch. Like, oh, like I don't know. Like, what are they supposed to say? Like, it seems like that that can kind of get into the whole performative thing. Like, I think that there are people when they when we either see The Wire, right, or we see. Urkel, I think that's the, I think that's like the, you know, what people traditionally think when they think about Hollywood. Uh, uh, and that's, and that's a portraying black people. And I think this movie didn't do that. I think this movie showed a black character with nuance, right? Like that, that re, uh, black character that really exists, right? Like, like the people that you mentioned, they're their own people. Like they're, they're not catered to, to anything near what, what kids want. Black hood kids are, are not. But you you know st- some of the stuff they say like panic asthma is not for kids, right? But if it was, 
you know it would be catered to that even if a whole bunch of people from the hood only people from the hood are watching it and only people from the hood were involved with it it will still be you know edited in a way that's acceptable to families and children you know what i'm saying like i don't think that takes away its hoodness like the hood doesn't have to be fucking um i don't know like rowdy and all types of stuff like that's sometimes it's chill sometimes it's i didn't didn't say it did Uh, um i've i spoke my piece i've said what i said oh jesus christ it it is what it is like i (laughs) I, i've said what i i've said what i needed to say and that's pretty much the the end of that uh we can have have this conversation on another day but like i said we got to find out an amount of time i still gotta get up and go to work and shit because you know still working for the man the man and a bunch of c words (laughs) <laughs> this dude just, just being they'll, be, they'll be making points if you don't want to stand by them bro I that's all I'm saying you know how we wrote but yeah but I'm, stand, I'm standing by my point I, I didn't concede I still stand by my point oh Jesus Christ that's just being stubborn but that's how I it's see. not being stubborn it's, it's standing by my point and I just don't agree with you alright <laughs> that's cool so uh, we also have T'Challa being cast and not instead of recast he was cast which I thought was probably one of the when I when people found out that the child had a kid during the mid credit scene, everyone, oh my god! I'm like, y'all didn't figure that shit out way back in the beginning of the movie, really? Okay, I did it. As soon as I, I was, as soon as they didn't show her, I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, she's not. She's either knocked up now or she already yeah. had. It was no when they showed. I'm like, oh okay, then she already had the kid. The child, the she was pregnant at the end of fucking the first Black Panther movie. He shot her club up that night. Oh, for real. There's no way she was that night. <laughs> it's facts. <laughs> the time frame's kind of... No, no. no. Yeah, as soon as he could, bro. As soon as he could. That Like, that night, she was pregnant. Yeah, he rolled over. She rolled over. He rolled over. And she was just like, what is this feeling? And he was like, oh, you're pregnant. That's just how we do it. That's just... <laughs> that's, that, that's what the um, heart-shaped herb does. Mm, for real and i'm curious to see um because a lot of uh uh uh, namor's strength and ability came from the fact that he was born from someone who had ingested uh the heart-shaped herb or their version of the heart-shaped herb so i'm interested to see what little t'challa what powers he comes up with and usually the kids of t'challa have superpowers i mean they're usually like half some other superhero but should be interesting to see if he comes naturally superhumanly powered. Oh who knows? Maybe he's maybe he's he may not be as strong, but maybe he's more agile or like you know what I mean? Like fucking yeah. uh, combo book DNA is fucking weird. Like if people end up having kids and it's like, oh your kid is stronger than you are. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I like it. His name is his name being Toussaint is also pretty significant too. Mm-hmm. Um Toussaint's the first name. Uh, I I'm gonna butcher his last name. Toussaint Louvain Tour, I believe. I, I don't. I I know I didn't say his last name properly, but uh, he is one of the um founding fathers of the Republic of Haiti. Um, he is a famous, you know, upriser who helped create the first um independently African-run nation in the Western Hemisphere. So his name being Toussaint and being born in Haiti for someone who's half Haitian or anybody 
any person from the African diaspora. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Haiti could have been a real Wakanda if things turned out differently. So that was a pretty dope, pretty friggin' fire reference um, that I think a lot of people probably missed. But here you go. Well, I hope they actually didn't miss it because it was actually super dope. And when I heard the name, I was just like, I was like, oh, okay. This was, but again, it's Ryan Coogler. He he seems to be someone who's always going to make it a point to highlight prominent people of color whenever he gets the chance. And I think Evan Narcisse um, is involved in somewhat in, 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 in helping craft these stories, I believe. I do know that he writes um, Black Panther stories in the comics and he's Haitian, definitely an intelligent dude. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, his influence wasn't part of that decision making. Yeah, but it it, may, and it makes sense. Like you're supposed to bring people in who know certain things. Like imagine if I can't think of anything right now, but we've seen enough movies and shows and comic books where you're like, wow, this was poorly done. Have you ever met a black person in your life? Yeah. So you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, and it's not as if you can't hire or hire a consultant. Yeah, I mean, do that. Like I said, like if you're if you're a white writer and you want to make a movie about black experiences, at the very le- do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. But at the very least, hit up some black creators and writers and shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what Jason Aaron does to make all of his characters from women to LGBTQ to uh, people of color stand out as well as they do. And it could just be research. It could just be being in tune to what people who struggle deal with. But he does it right. Yeah, empathy. I think, and don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think a, a white person. I don't think it's impossible for a white person to create a good black character. Like I don't think a, a good writer can create any good character it's really just a depth because even even i noticed even in jason aaron's writings and other white writers even their um original black panther right black panther as as groundbreaking and as 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 much as the people involved in his creation cared about the civil rights movement and it showed in that writing the black panther really didn't start developing a lot of the richness we love about him until more black writers got involved Exactly, you know, a lot, you know, there was some, ba- there was, you know, um, there was some bad moments even from black writers with Black Panther, but some of his best oh writers. Um, there was a black writer who wrote Luke Cage, and like it was, and you know, Luke Cage is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, got through about five issues, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is trash. I won't, I won't be reading this anymore. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even gone back and, re- and uh, I haven't even gone back to try to give it a shot. It yeah. was absolutely like ass. But you also- it's not just the skin color, it's the experiences, right? It just so happens that your skin color in this country more more times than not reflects your experiences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, or and sometimes you get the situations where you have like the car um Carlton from Fresh Prince when he got pulled over for quote unquote not having a map. Yeah. And realistically, he was put they were pulled over for driving while black. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's... And even someone like Carlton has a black experience. He can write a character of a black person growing up in affluence. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure he has a different experience than white people growing up in the same same life. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or maybe he, it, it, but you know, I mean, like I said, it's all about experience. Yeah. But there's also times where you'll have a writer who does something and doesn't even realize how effed up it is. 
like Miles's father's name is Jefferson Davis. <laughs> um, the newest writer for Miles Morales actually made it a point to change my uh Jefferson's name to Morales. So now he's Jefferson Morales. And it was funny because he made a little the writer made a little joke. He goes, I'd like to find out why my father named me <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs> And I busted out laughing. I was like, that was kind of a shot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even that's a super like stuff like that. Like, oh man, like like a, a somebody a Latin a Latin writer I could see somebody like a Latin American writer or a Dominican writer could be like, yo, his dad named him. His dad just wanted to give him a, a, a English name, and the only thing he knew was Jefferson because he used to watch the show or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like a typical kind of like that's like a typical immigrant. Story, bro. Like that's why he's obviously these immigrants were. Yeah, like, but it was Brian Michael Bendis names. who wrote this shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Jefferson Davis. Yeah. Exactly. It was unintentional, but at the same time, uh, uh, someone with the experience of that, uh, of that community could come in and and kind of like flesh out that reason. Yeah. When, you know what I mean? When Valkyrie found out Miles's dad's name, she was like, "Why?" And I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> but. Again, it wasn't it wasn't intentional because yeah. n- none of Bendis's work has work in comic books has ever led me to believe that he would do something like that intentionally. And even his stuff like the way he speaks outside of work, it seems like someone who actually gives a shit. Like you don't create a character like Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and not give a shit about women. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you again, if you care about the, I think you're 100 percent right, bro. Like if you care about the content. Like it's you're you know you're either a good writer writer or a bad writer. Yeah. <laughs> and like being a bad writer and doing foolish things doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you did some silly stuff that shouldn't have been fucking done. Yeah, shit happens. You you live and you learn. You just kind of fucking you roll with the punches and you deal with it, man. Sometimes shit happens. Yeah, which is another conversation I can't wait to have on the show. Like just the idea of people understanding that you can grow from mistakes. I've had this conversation on. A previous episode with uh comedian Slade Ham, and he spoke about how some of the jokes he made on the pot on his podcast previously he would never make again mm-hmm. because he's not the same person that he was ten years ago. Yeah. Um, there are things on my Twitter that if you go back ten years ago, I'm pretty sure I'm like, oh, I would. What the fuck was I thinking? That's what. It, yeah. And people talk about like how Twitter was a wild, wild west west before um Alonius mm-hmm. Muskie took over. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know how I, how I feel about that situation. We talked about it multiple times. Unless you did something crazy, I'm not I'm not all about canceling people. Like I I think I I, I don't think cancel culture is as 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 out of control as people on the right um want people to think. But I do know that there's a lot of people on both the left and the right that um you know would rather turn off an opinion they disagree with or turn off someone who did something that they deem unforgivable and it, instead of just you know seeing that person for the human they are you know what i mean like they yeah. uh, they do that on both sides you know Absolutely. What I'm saying? and it's and i don't think there are certain times where i do believe you should cancel a person like i don't i can forgive a murderer i can forgive a thief i will never forgive a rapist like that's for me that's just the biggest of no-nos to me like you don't this forgiveness do you have to forgive them to not cancel them that's the other thing you know what oh. i'm saying like I, okay so rape oh shit a rapist right like they should never be forgiven for that crime 
but should they be put in prison for the rest of their lives? Uh, you don't want to know my opinion on it because it's 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 gonna yeah. be worse than prison. I think they should be. If you, I'm not a fan of the death penalty, but if you if you rape somebody, yeah, you're a piece of shit. You you you've served yeah. no, you serve no purpose on yeah. that. Because what you somebody who does something like that, there's certain things somebody would do that they will always be a piece of shit in my mind. But then I think about like just the prison, like prison and capital punishment and how we deal with people that break the law well, we've prison, had conversations with people prison, that even say prison we should is a, prisons right like prison is prison is a, scam, is a scam because if it's supposed it's not just supposed to be you're locked up and that's supposed to be yeah. you're supposed to be rehabilitated to be put back into society and they're not doing that you're basically going to into a place you're getting three meals yeah um some some daylight and then being sent back in there you're not creating a person that can come back into society you're essentially creating a monster some prison systems do that i'm surprised like i i I know some people in the system in certain places like i i would think this this is probably the um the exception way more the exception than it is a rule right that went to prisons and came back with like a college degree right like a business plan like things like that so it is po- so it shows that it is possible to do things like that again the, none of my friends are rapists <laughs> let me get that let yeah. me just go ahead and say that they it was other things um other crimes and misdemeanors um but uh i think, i get what you're i get yeah, what you're saying yeah, but like yeah. it and it's it's obviously like when we speak on the show we're not speaking in absolutes or anything like that yeah. but um and I'll, that'll be my it'll be my my next list of things. I'm not going to call it nonsense because it's not nonsense, but I'm going to do an episode specifically on things that I think are a scam, like health insurance. <laughs> you think health insurance is a scam? Uh, the way America does it, it is. Oh. We have that'll be a pretty interesting conversation, actually. Because uh, there's no reason why just because I have a different insurance than someone else, I shouldn't be able to see the best person and best person available if I need them. Like yeah. I, there, but a then there's a thousand people with that same exact situation, and one doctor. Well, that then that's not the scam because that's just like anything else in life. If there's no availability, there's no availability. But you've taken away my. Option. And then you got to pay for the doctor. The doctor got to get paid. Yeah, um, like I said, health insurance isn't a scam the way America yeah. does. It. Like, there's okay. no reason why. Like, if we if if there are two spots available for this doctor. Mm-hmm. And me and you want both need to go see this doctor. Mm-hmm. And you have super woke insurance. Mm-hmm. I have weight insurance. Mm-hmm. The name of the insurance shouldn't determine whether or not either one of us gets the care. So let's say there was it, it was different, right? Like say if it wasn't say if there's a whole bunch of different options it could be, but say it was no insurance, but you still have to pay the doctor, right? Say you're you're a billionaire and I'm a millionaire. <laughs> like I go to the doctor and I'm like, I got $500,000 here. You, uh, please. I need your help. And then you come to him and then we come to him at the same time. And you're like, all right, well I have $500 million. I need your help. Like, but that, nine that times out of 10, he's like, it, doctor it, gonna really pick. De- it shouldn't matter. It should depend on who needs, who needs the, you, the you help. both need it the same. You both need it exactly the same. The, or even if you don't need it the same, you both are dying. You know what I'm saying? Well, there there is no well. This is where it comes into, but that's not. But see, that's also past an insurance thing. That now yeah, is a medical yeah. thing. 
yeah. when you work like if you're in the emergency department nurses have told me how they have to make decisions mm. on who gets the bed yeah and she go and they always say and like the good nurses say to me it's never an easy decision to make but it's a decision that has to be made yeah they're not making it because of insurance they're making yeah. it because this is something that needs to happen so there are going to be but this is um separate from my point with insurance like your insurance and the money should not determine if everything's e- if everything's even in this situation. Like the insurance shouldn't determine whether or not someone gets the right therapist, the right psychiatrist, the right um, person to deal with their cancer or maternity. Like I've had, I've heard a lot of stories from couples who just couldn't do certain things because their insurance wouldn't allow it. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I went through my stuff with my back surgery, I was lucky that it happened at work because Lord knows if I would have been able to see the right people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because, because it was, no, actually, no, I had to go within a network. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So, but I'm lucky that my, my um surgeon is within the network. In when I had my second back surgery, he was still within the same network, and he's a, a world well. I know a nationally nationally renowned um, neurosurgeon. Yeah. So I was lucky, but yeah, I don't think it was just luck. I mean, you live in no, you live in you live in a you live in a city where you have access. That's you luck. live in a city and you have that a is, job. That you is have, literal luck. Yeah, like whatever the, you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, but, it's, not, um, it's not destiny. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. I don't. I don't, I don't really care. I like it's, uh, I care about what you're saying. I don't care about like the terminology, but it's kind of like if somebody lives in like bumfuck Mississippi, regardless of how good their insurance is, it's going to be pretty hard for them to find someone of that caliber to work yeah. on their back. You know what I'm saying? So there's I, a I, lot of things that go into like creating disparities. I yeah. I agree with that a million percent. And, and, but with that, and we'll use the bumfuck Mississippi, um, area as an example if they can get to if they have the means to get to said doctor who they're covered by shouldn't affect them whether or not they can get it or not like you said but something's gonna affect it there's always gonna be some type of thing there's gonna be something there was always gonna be something but taking away something that Caught that has caused a lot of people pain and suffering. People have died because they couldn't get the the right kind of mental health. Like we are, we are both examples of what the right therapist can do for you. You know what I mean? So, and I know what it's like to have a shitty therapist. And when you have a shitty therapist, you're like, you know what? Maybe jumping out the window seems like a great idea today. But um. We're fortuitous enough to live in Massachusetts. We're one where we could be considered the mecca of medical insurance, medical um science, excuse me. So when we get sick, we're we can go we can go places where we can get the help we need. And we And a lot of times you can get it for free. If you know exactly what it looks. So like it's possible. But to your point again, like Bumfuck, Mississippi, they don't necessarily have that. Mm-hmm. And but then in lies another problem. Like, and I could I could go on and on about this. But... Yeah, it's kind of, I guess what I'm trying to do, like I hear people say that a lot about like health insurance and stuff like that. And I feel like 
you're right. Like I, my biggest problem is like you're, I think the biggest issue is that for, for, for most people, your ability to get care is whether or not you have a job. Right. Cause most people with health insurance get their health insurance from their job. Yeah. But nobody's but, paying, nobody's paying out of most people with health insurance aren't paying out of pocket for their health insurance to a certain extent. Their job is paying. It's a group insurance plan and they're getting a steep, 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 steep discount. And the insurance companies making money off the volume. Yeah, and so the I, majority I, of people with co-pay insurance, is, my copay is $15. Exactly. So most people who have insurance with a job are happy with their, trust me, you're, there's, there's a, your insurance is fine, bro. There's nothing well, wrong with your insurance. It's fine, and it's yeah. fine until you actually need a specialist. Because there, I, there's my insurance isn't wasn't always fine. Like you know what I mean. I had yeah. at one point in time I had Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Everyone was like, "Oh, you should be fine." I'm like, "I'm yeah. not." Like you know what I mean. But anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah, we'll talk um, about it later. No, that's fine. Uh, before we go, I, I do want to have this conversation though. If you want to come on my show, that'd be good. Um, no. Um, what? <laughs> Right, I'm joking. Cool. I'm joking. I'm joking. Of course I will. Oh. I, of course I will. If you want me to come on the show to support, I will absolutely come on the show. No, nah, I, I, take, I take the invite back. I mean, you are not taking the invite back. Calm, calm thine tits. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's um, this train, baby. So I want to share a comment that I got on one of my earlier writings that I completely, I've been waiting for a while for this to pop up in my Facebook memories and it actually came up and it's one of the best comments I've ever received in my life. And I quote, you're a fucking idiot who got every single fucking thing wrong here and your bullshit attempts at assassinating Carol Danvers character is pathetic. She's done nothing wrong. Rhodey volunteered to fight Thanos. She did not kill Bruce Banner. Many of the predictions you predicted did come true. So fuck you. And you left out the most important part. And then all in all caps, Tony Stark, Tony attacked her. He attacked with the intent to grievously harm or kill her. So he has no leg, no fucking leg to stand on. No, excuse me. So he has no fucking leg to stand on. If she did kill him in self-defense and neither do you, you're a dumb piece of shit. So is this article. Go fuck yourself. I believe Tony Stark has a pair of legs. <laughs> um, no, I'm the one who doesn't have a pair of legs to stand on. Uh, you do. I, yeah. I can confirm. Old Man Wade has legs. <laughs> I, I, just, I also want to point out that I don't remember what I wrote in this article, but I'm pretty sure that I didn't assassinate the Carol Danvers. I think I could figure it out based on the conversation <laughs> we had between me, you, and Brandon. <laughs> About this, did you get upset, old man? No, I just didn't give a fuck enough to have the conversation huh. anymore. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but you care enough to bring it up on your freaking show. Yeah, because it's comments. Because the fucking the the comment itself is definitely worth mentioning because it's yeah. fucking hilarious. Because people, oh, and for the record, people listening, I didn't add those swears in just to freestyle. Yeah. Those nah, are literal it. things that were said to me. Surprisingly, that that message wasn't done in all caps, which is crazy. Like you would think something like that would be done in all caps, but no. The constraint, the constraints. Oh, and shout out to the homie <laughs> JD who said to me, he commented on. He goes, "Yo, bro, this person somewhere is still needs a hug." Yeah, but yo, <laughs> honest, but this isn't the first heated statement I've heard when it comes to this story. Like, I don't get it. Like, why are people so butthurt when it comes to this? so? It's both Civil War One and Civil War Two have some of the most heated comic book debates 
it's like it's like sitting through a political science class when people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, um, or like a philosophy class with with um Civil War II. So if people aren't familiar with the story, uh Carol Danvers has access to a um uh a a a mute uh no not a mutant what what is he he's not a mutant he's a uh who's this uh, Ulysses Ulysses what is he inhuman Inhuman. yes so she has access to an inhuman Ulysses who's precognitive so he can well supposedly he can tell to some accuracy events that are happening in the future so she develops a team to kind of respond to these future events a la Tom Cruise and Minority Report so you know She's pretty much the bad guy in this. <laughs> um, so she ends up going out of control, obviously. Um, so she tried to arrest Miles Morales. Yeah, but you the, know, the she, per- she the, gets the most innocent person in the Marvel yeah. cinematic in the Marvel yeah. in Marvel comics. In oh, a God, way, it. she she manipulates um Hawkeye into murdering Bruce Banner. Well, um, technically, she didn't technically Bruce Banner manipulated Hawkeye into murdering Bruce Banner. Well, if it wasn't for Ulysses, it would if it wasn't for this whole project, it wouldn't have happened. Okay? That's true. You that's know, so like true. a lot of things would it she's still dealing with the consequences of this. Um surprisingly, Tony Stark was a voice of reason telling her that, you know, she can't really, you know, take people off the board if they haven't done anything. And um, but people really get upset when you, you know, depending yeah, on what side you take. This person was really ready to fight me. And yeah. I remember responding, Thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. I'll see you next week. This dude. <laughs> You know me. I don't. I, you know me. I'm gonna say the most passive aggressive shit I can. It's like like a like a white woman in office. <laughs> per my last email, <laughs> bests. <laughs> bests. <laughs> Yo, that was my joint, bro. Yo, <sighs> my uh, that's I miss sending those types of emails. Like sometimes, yeah, you know, I miss work, bro. It, like, Yo, just send me a text message. Say per my last email, and just, just email. don't even say anything else. Just say per my last email, and then yeah. then don't say anything else. Oh, <laughs> this has been the old man Wade show. I want to thank the Superior Super Bowl podcaster for joining us. Oh the my show. god, that's not my new name, by the way. That is absolutely your new name. Yeah. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, I'll tell them later. Oh, yeah. secrets. Uh, still working on it. I still got to get. A, I guess still got to get this website up. Um, before I could get the uh, trying to get the website up, trying to get a logo done, trying to get a bunch of stuff before I could put this first episode out. I recorded it last week. It's just taking a while to get some of the stuff that I need to get done. But I'm Good hoping time, by man. this Good week um, we'll be able to. I had a I had a conservative. Um, no, well. don't tell him. Don't give him any. Don't give him any tea until uh, it happens. Y'all can go. Y'all can make sure you download and listen to the show because it's yeah. it's. A super woke production, that means it's going to be fucking amazing. So listen to it. That's all you need to know. Hobbies involved, it's going to be great. Oh, damn. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Your check check is in the mail. My check is in the mail. (laughs) As long as you still got that 12 pack for my birthday, we good. You know, I don't drink like that. I haven't even touched one of those beers. (laughs) Um, You can find me on oldmanwade.com, O L D M A N. W-A-D-E-C-O-M on all social media. That's where I'm at. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Elon Musk is Elon Musk Twitter, I guess that's what you want to call it. Elonious Muskie. 
Yo, our next episode, we got there's a lot we got to talk about. We no, haven't man, I cannot in a while. wait to die. Yo, I'm gonna start. There's so much to I'm talk gonna, about. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna go through Elon Musk's twist, Twitter, yeah. um, tweets. Yeah. And I'm just gonna randomly say some of the shit that he says in the show. Like you're gonna be talking. I'm gonna go. Hey, do you know Elon Musk said blah 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 blah. Yeah. Yo, a lot of people are gonna be butthurt if this whole thing, if he, if he ends up being successful with this project. I'm not saying he is. He's not. I'm just happy people are able to actually get a, a close and personal look at, at his like whole style of doing things. Hopefully this takes a couple of notches off of his Elon Musk is the most intelligent man in the world. I doubt it's going to do for his fans, but I'm just glad people are seeing like this. People, nobody knows what you're doing in the world, bro. No, Nobody. Dude, we are literally all figuring, we are literally all figuring it out as we go. Can you imagine, can you imagine if our bodies didn't um breathe for us? Yeah, we'd be fucked. <laughs> Uh, dude, as always, be excellent to each other. Peace. Peace. Oh, man. That was fucking fantastic. Damn it, Wade!